We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey everyone, we're pumped to be able to share an exclusive trailer with you after the show. From Blue Wire Studios comes Golden Goal Stories of Soccer Legends. Narrated by fellow Blue Wire host Brandon Kelly, each Monday two new episodes will take a look into some of soccer's biggest stars and the moments that define their careers. From Holland, Messi, Rapinoe, and many more, each episode will focus in on the historical plays and personalities that make the sport great. So stay tuned after the episode and listen to Golden Goal, stories of soccer legends wherever you get your podcasts. Hello folks, Colin Kelly here from Rotoviz Overtime, a podcast I host along with Sean Siegel. And in just a little moment, we'll jump straight into the podcast. Before we do so, I want to let you know as a loyal podcast listener, you can save yourself 10% of a Rotoviz NFL pass right now on the rotoviz.com website. It gives you access to all of our content and tools and sets you up perfect for the NFL season. All you have to do is add the code 2020RVRADIO at checkout or by going to rotoviz.com forward slash podcast for more information. And of course, while you're listening to the podcast on the network, helps us out a lot if you can rate and review on your favorite podcast app. I really do appreciate that. As I mentioned at the start, Road of His Overtime with Sean Siegel twice a week. If you haven't already checked it out, be sure to do so after this show. But let's get straight into it. Enjoy the podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome into another edition of Bogey Free. I'm your host, Matt Jones. You can find me on Twitter at MattJonesTFR. And today I am joined, as always, by the legend, Evan Chaney. You can find him on Twitter at eChaney69. What's up, Ev? How are we doing? I was disappointed that Chez did not hold his lead. Or not his lead. <laughs> his, like lead. 
his his fourth place standing. <laughs> you really that are a piece sense. of work. You just you know how to start these shows off the He's right way. <laughs> Chess is a champion in my heart. Yeah, that's about that's the only place. Mm. Um. Yeah. So we there was a there was a a little controversy at the end uh, of last week. But Rom ended up, you know, you you could have penalized him four or five strokes when it really mattered. Um, he's number one in the world now, but he is not. It did matter though. What? It did. It did matter to some in this in this universe. I mean, yeah. hundred fifty thousand reasons why. I mean, if you if you can't afford a hundred fifty k swing, then wh- what are you doing in the in the lobby? That's true. Just get off DraftKings. Self-exclude. <laughs> exactly. Uh, poor guy. Um, yeah. So we are uh, we are ready to chat up the 3M Open this week. Make sure uh, if you're listening to this, if you're not already subscribed over at Rotoviz, you can do so with the code bogey free. Get a nice little discount on the sub. Get access to all of the uh, the great NFL content that's going on right now as well. Um, and obviously the tools, the optimizer, uh, and everything else that we offer over there. So, um, yeah, let's, uh, let's jump right into our buyer sells this week. I know, I know you're particularly excited for one of them, but we'll, uh, we'll, we'll save that. Uh, We'll start up at, (laughs) we'll start up at the top with, uh, Paul Casey. He is 10,100 DraftKings dollars. Uh, what are what are we doing with with Mr. Casey? So for ten one, I mean, I'm okay with it, right? He's 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 dominant on approach. So like, if you want to talk about this course, approach matters to a degree, right? And you know, I'm going to value the uh, strokes gain off the tee game just because these are wide ass fairways, as I was so elegantly told by a friend. <laughs> And there's not much hazard. I mean, there's water. Like, there's some water throughout the course. But other than that, it's like you can pretty much bomb it anywhere. So bombers do have an advantage. And I'm disappointed that Bryson's not a part of this. Although, I guess I would also hide in shame for a while after after what he did on the – which hole was it, 15? Uh Oh, yeah. 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 His little incident, right? So – this is actually a course that sets up well for him. But anyway, like, but so for Paul Casey, I mean, he played well fine. last year. So, yeah, what's that? He played well here. Bryson played well last year here. Yeah, so I mean, he could do well if he came back. But of course, anyway, that's so how like, it works. Yeah. Course history. Yep, worked out really well for Morikawa this past week. Beautiful, right? Um, but yeah, Casey, Casey, I think sets up well here. Um. Just because of the off the tee game, the approach game is strong. Um, obviously, putting's going to be an issue, but what are you going to do? You know? Yeah. How do you feel? Uh, I'm, I'm thinking I'm probably not going to have much of him at all. Uh, he obviously missed the cut. Uh, missed the cut last week. He played. Um, he kind of played fine off the tee and approach like he was whatever. Um, but his short game really, uh, really suffered. I think he lost 
like four and a half strokes um, just with his short game over over two days, which is not uh, not ideal. So um, that's a that's a little bit con- on the concerning side. I think that, uh, you know, the the articles that I've been coming out with for uh, the game theory side of things clearly sh- uh, would show that or would suggest that he should be a fade if he's going to see, you know, 17 uh, to, to 20% ownership, uh, it not to, again, it's, it's not to say that um, there's no reason that he's owned, like he's owned because he could potentially do well. Um, but I just think that there's, uh, there's just too, too many like fine replacements and pivots up here. Uh, and I will, I will definitely be underweight. I don't think I will be playing 0%. Um, but if he comes in, like I have him at like 17 right now, I, I think that will probably go up as the week goes on. Uh, if he comes in at like 18 to 20%, I'll probably have like 10%, maybe 12 at the most, um, and try to take some shots elsewhere in the range. Would you play him in a single entry lineup? Um, probably not. I think that the uh, the fewer the fewer lineups that I'm going to play in a particular contest. So, like, if I go, you know, if I'm in the mini max, I might play twelve percent. You know, if I'm doing 150 lineups, um, if I'm playing something like the birdie with 20 max, I might lean closer to like eight to ten percent. Um, and then I would probably be fine fading uh, three entry or single entry. If that makes I, that makes sense. That's just how I yeah. usually play it. Um, yeah, I, I just I feel like you uh, in this range, especially you're fine taking that stand there um, with the expensive guys. Like I, I don't think I don't think you need to uh, eat expensive chalk as the number of entries go down. Fair enough. Let's talk about Glove Daddy. My man, should he ever be $9,400? I, well, I mean, I'd pay max price for him, but I don't know. I, has he been this expensive before? Um, Because I don't remember yeah. him being 9400 except maybe if it were like a really bad field. Um, and he was, you know, he was like the cream of the crop of that. I, I don't can, know. Uh, I can pull it up if you keep talking about him. Yeah. See, I don't know if people are going to be willing to pay 9400 for him because he hasn't, like, he has had good performances since the return, but they haven't been spectacular, right? They've been good for, like, a a high 7K, you know, even as much as, like, a mid-8K price tag, right? Because he's done... Oh, people are paying, buddy. People are paying for him this week. I I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't even know if I want to pay 9400 for him. I mean, he's done... He's finished 23rd, 21st, 20th, 21st, and 38th. Um, I, I, I know this is a course he could do well on because he is a sprayer um, off the tee. And I know like a, a, place, like a, a tournament like Rocket Mortgage, he can gain four strokes off the tee because of such forgiving fairways. Um, and I think this is another course where that can happen. The approach game, he has had, you know, since, since Charles Schwab, I think he's had like the best approach performances of his you know since they started tracking it 
Mm-hmm. Um, at least as far back as Fantasy National goes back, right? Because he's gained, he's had tournaments where he's gained five, seven, and five strokes on approach. Um, again, the putting's always going to be an issue with him. His around the green game is always going to be a problem. But I think this course, if he's going to do well, if he's going to give you a top 15 performance, I think this is the course, this is the tournament where he can do that. Right. So I understand paying 9400 for him, but at the end of the day, I don't, if he's going to be extremely high owned, like as much as I love the guy, you know, as, as, as much as I enjoy the thumbs up he gave me that one time when I saw him in person from like 20 feet away, <laughs> you know, it's whatever. So he's a fine play, but maybe in a, in a limited entry tournament, the pivot would work here. More so, I think, than it would for uh, Casey. Yeah. So looking back, I, you know, the the game theory stuff that I've been doing, I have like a, a decent database of ownership and pricing. Uh, he was the most expensive I have him at is 9800 Um in like July of last year. I, I don't have the event there, but um, that may have been John Deere, maybe. Yeah, something like that. And then, uh, yeah, other than that, this is his second highest uh, price tag that we've seen, at least since the start of 2018, um, only counting like full field, full field events, not any of like the playoffs or anything like not that it not that he's been exactly a force in the in the FedEx Cup playoffs, but I'm just saying he doesn't make it that far. I almost said WGCs and then I was like, LOL. Um, yeah, so we, we don't typically see him this high price, but this, this definitely is a weak field. Like, I don't think, I don't think it's a completely ridiculous, um, a ridiculous price for him. Uh, I think that there's a, a pretty good case to be made for his floor, um, and less of a case to be made for his ceiling. Um, just looking back historically golfers who have this big of a price jump, from I think what was he seventy one hundred last week maybe uh, something along those lines I know he was in the low sevens um, guys who guys who have a like two thousand dollar price increase actually historically have a very good floor and not a great ceiling um, so and the the simulator that I have kind of bears that out too he's fifteenth uh, in wins out of the simulator. Um, and he has the eighth highest price tag. So uh, that discrepancy plus not a lot of um, not a lot of upside potentially feels like he's also going to be a little bit of a fade for me. I'll probably be closer um, closer to his ownership. Like say Casey and Glover come in at twenty percent, uh, which I think is is reasonable reasonably. Um, like accurate uh, as things stand right now, I think that I would probably end up with like 15% Glover and like 12% Casey, like I said before, something, something in that neighborhood. I I wouldn't want to just, you know, throw him in like three lineups. Um, Cause like he's, like we said, he has been playing well. He's been striking it uh, pretty well. He had a, a so, so um, off the tee and approach week last week, but he was still positive with everything. So, uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think slightly underweight, but will definitely have some of him uh, is the way to go. All right, now let's talk about an $8,000 Max Hama. Um, is he going to be chalky? Well, Do people want... Are people clamoring for a guy that's missed three straight cuts? Well, a lot of people... <clears throat> a lot of people are talking about him right now. I think that... Um, I think ownership can go a couple of different ways in the AK range. We don't have to... We don't have to just talk about um max i think yeah the most the most likely if you go from what is he ak so let's say like 7500 to 8500 the most likely popular guys um for sure burns is going to be popular uh rogers is going to be popular sep straka is going to be popular and i think will gordon will be popular so between those guys that I just listed and Max, I think most of the ownership is gonna is gonna fall there. Um, I don't feel I don't feel strongly enough right now to say which of those guys will be like the highest out of that group. Um, but I figured we would. I figured that would be. He was like sort of the jumping off point because he's right in the middle of of all those guys. Like there's, um. There's going to be a, a, a heavy concentration of ownership at the top, um, because I think guys are, I think people are going to go pretty heavy on stars and scrubs. So I think that this um, this range is probably where most uh, tournaments are going to be won, like getting getting two of the right guys in this range. That's fair enough. I mean, I think I think Max might statistically speaking, you know, looking a little further here, he might actually be the best of that field. I mean, Burns has had approach issues. What is it? Yeah, and Real I think course. Burns is a course history thing, right? Yeah, that that seems to be driven more by course history. Um, what is it? Will Gordon also struggles on approach. He struggles in most aspects, really, relative to the field. He's got a good off-the-tee game, and that's it. Which, yeah. which can help him here. I'm not saying he's like totally screwed already. But. Yeah, and I mean we we have a we have a pretty small we have a pretty small sample yeah. on um, on Gordon in general. Like right now, if you are, I, I mentioned it on the solo pod. If you're if you're playing uh, if you're playing around with the optimizer or you're looking at the article uh, when the model posts tomorrow, he's going to be very high. Um, there's like a there's a decent asterisk next to that just because of the the sample size like essentially all of his um anything that the model likes about him pretty much came from the travelers uh, a few weeks ago where he came in third and um that's a that's about it <laughs> fair enough so yeah i i think that um I think you can probably latch on to your favorite of Burns, Rogers, Straka, Homa, and Gordon. Personally, I think I will probably go uh, most heavily on probably Patrick Rogers. I think that he's he feels like the. I mean, not that any of these guys are like 
locked and loaded, like very safe plays. But I yeah. think that he feels like the guy with um, the most cut equity. And we've seen we've seen like spike weeks from him before, right? Like we saw him. Uh, I think he had a top ten at the Farmers this year. Um, since the restart, we've seen him have a couple of top twenties mixed in missed cuts, obviously. So, you know, we're, we're not talking about just, you know, a world beater, but, um, I think that that's, I think that's probably where, uh, where I would take a stand if, if necessary. Sounds good there. All right. So before we, uh, before we head into our, uh, matchup, I want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. They are the presenting sponsors of the show. Uh, sports are coming back right now, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. There's no better place to start than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Get in on the action for this week's UFC fight. Check out the odds for the 3M Open, NASCAR, Formula One, the Premier League. Uh, if you can't wait for your your team to come back, whether it's MLB or NBA, uh, Bet Online has futures odds for everything that you could possibly want to uh, want to bet on. So visit betonline.ag, use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's one word, BLUEWIRE. Bet online, your online wagering experts. Okay. So we have uh, a matchup with a couple of guys all the way at the top of the salary scale. I I like doing this just so that we can talk about a couple of extra uh couple of extra guys at the top. So Tommy Fleetwood making his return. Um, we haven't seen him in some time, obviously against Dustin Johnson, who we have seen recently and he uh, failed to break 80 in either of his rounds last week. Um, and, and to be fair, it was the scoring was not as hard uh, in the beginning of the week last week, it wasn't like yeah. it wasn't like it was. Uh, it wasn't as hard as it was on Sunday all week. So I mean, um, once that's, the pin that's loca- a little concerning. Dude, those Sunday pin locations were just that should be illegal. Yeah, I mean, and like DJ would have shot ninety four if if he was playing. Uh, yeah, that would have been on Sunday the way that he played on Thursday and Friday. But that would have been brutal. DJ is the is the uh, favorite in this at. Uh, minus 124. Um, but we have this unknown, right, with Fleetwood at plus 104. So I kind of wanted to I kind of wanted to talk about that because the the model, the power ranking model has him as the uh, the top guy this week. But obviously, we've seen guys come back and start slow after this uh, after this layoff and Fleetwood has had a longer layoff than most of the guys that we've, (laughs) that we've already been talking about. So, um, what are you, what are you doing here? You know, I don't know. Like I would, I want to go with Dustin Johnson because I feel like he can do well here. Um, just because he, he's not going to get punished by anything that the course throws at, right? Unless he just dinks it in the water a bunch of times, which can happen. But, you know, these fairways are wide enough where, where, where Dustin Johnson can do well. I can't trust Tommy, you know, as well. Like, you see all the green on Fantasy National next to Tommy Fleetwood, and he looks attractive because of that. But, 
we haven't seen him. We haven't seen him play well since February, right? Because he missed the cut in his last tournament before the shutdown, right? So I'd rather go with DJ, who at least won a tournament, right? On on a course that you know, I mean, was easier than than Mirfield, but um. Yeah, I, I I'd rather go with DJ, even though it's even though you're laying down minus one twenty four. I mean, that's not terrible. Yeah, I Where are you going? I'm. I mean, everybody everybody knows that I'm a sucker for uh, for Tommy. Um, but as far as the sim goes, uh, I I have it at uh, Fleetwood at minus one twenty one over over DJ. So that's just, that's like far too much value for me to, uh, for me to pass up. So I, uh, I already have, I already have this bet in. So I, uh, yeah, I can't, can't take it back now. You can't sit now. You can't. All right. Or actually, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I actually have him as, as even a heavier favorite. Uh, that was, that was Fleetwood against fee. Now I, I just, uh, I was on the wrong line there. So I actually have him at minus like 140 against DJ. So, um, well, um, hey, lay that money. Lay that money down, right? If you're going to get it at plus money and you think he's going to win, hit it. Right? May as well, right? Yeah. All right. Let's uh, want to do pivots. Let's do it. Let's talk some pivots. Um, you know, so we already talked DJ. What about Brooks? You want to. I mean, I definitely want Finau, right? Because we know Finau's got something going again, right? Um, so, yeah, get some Finau in there. Talk Fleetwood. You know, as far as this upper tier is concerned, I'd say, like, Finau... I don't want to quit Bubba Watson. Why is Bubba Watson 9,900? He's just an enigma. They they no They have to... They have to they have to put him high for some reason in all of these in all of these weak fields. Um, he did yeah. he did strike the ball well last week. I think he gained almost eight strokes on approach. Um, so there is that. Uh, his short game was like hot trash though. Um, yeah, I, I'm not particularly interested in in playing Bubba. Um, I would. Like what? What the hell are you gonna get from from Brooks Kepka week to week? I, I can't I can't tell you. Um, theoretically, he would be the play, right? Just just getting the the lowest. He's for sure gonna be the lowest owned of the ninety five hundred dollar guys uh, and up. So he would be the play. Uh, but it's just so it's so difficult to be confident in him right now. Um, <clears throat> I think that this it seems like each week the ownership in this range really uh kind of starts off like it's going to be just a couple of popular guys and every week it just it's flatter than than it than it seems whether it's because people are pivoting at the last minute or uh if that's just the nature of ownership in this range in general which it kind of is like <clears throat> It's very rare to get even like single digit the guy a guy in the single digits um from ninety five hundred and up. So 
you're already compressed sort of between like 10% and like, you know, 25% or whatever for most golfers. Um, so I think that it's probably going to be a situation where I am going with Fleetwood, uh, more often than not, I'll definitely have a little bit of Brooks and a little bit of Finau. Um, I can't I can't play DJ again and I know that he's gonna end up like winning this week. Um this is but a that, that killed me yeah. last week. Like I had I had made all my lineups and I was probably like I don't know, maybe like eighteen, twenty percent on him, and I was just like I logged back in and I was like, No man, it's like gotta gotta up that, gotta get gotta get a lot more DJ into my life. Yeah. Um, and if I didn't do that, I probably would have had not a, gr- not a good week, but like close to break even. And I just got, I just got my shit kicked in, uh, this past week on DraftKings.com. So, um, yeah, I, my strongest, like my, my largest exposure, I think is going to be Fleetwood. I don't feel great about it, but I just think I have to do it. Hey, if your model says it, do it, right? Yeah. Rather be wrong than be tilted. This is true. Yes. All right, let's uh let's let's drop down a little bit. We did have a uh comment in the chat from from Bustin Trudeau over here asking about EVR. So why is everyone talking about him this week? Because well, first we I, we need to answer the question uh is he elite or not? I I don't know. He he misses way too many cuts in such a small sample size to call him elite. I mean, overall as a player, right? Like this week, right? You want to talk, you know, this week about if he's elite. Maybe. But he also <laughs> missed the cut. But he also missed the cut at Rocket Mortgage. So like I don't yeah, know. he he struck he struck the hell out of the ball uh, last week, though, and he did well. Like, <clears throat> he does well on these difficult courses, but he sucks at the easy courses. Well, I mean, maybe. So this year, he's either missed the cut or has been in the top twenty-two. There's there's been nothing yeah. there's been nothing in the middle. Well, no, like. Well, actually, he, he has a third place finish at WGC Mexico, right? It's worth, right? But no, you're right. In which I know a lot of people call Minnesota the Chapultepec of the Midwest. So, well, there you go. The comparisons there, but I mean, his entire <laughs> his PGA career up to this point, albeit short, right? He's only gotten two top tens. Right, he has a PGA championship top area eighth place finish last year uh third place at wg Mex- wgc mexico like we, we just said but everything else is like i don't know kind of middling right like a right just outside the top 20 right or yeah like low 40s high 30th place finish i i have a hard time loving the play this week obviously it can backfire on me he could just do great but he just struggles at easy courses, which I don't understand that, but 
that's just what it is. And yeah. if he's going to be extremely high owned, because I keep seeing his name everywhere on Twitter, then I don't really want any of that. Yeah, I I you think know? for for what it's worth, this this Glover Glover Henley English EVR Redmond Norlander Burns like all those guys being right next to each other, it's it's like a mathematical impossibility that they will all be as owned as uh, as they seem they will be. Like at least two or three of those guys are going to probably end up when I when I tweet when once contest lock uh, when I tweet who I overestimated ownership on, I can almost guarantee that at least one of those guys for sure is going to be on that list because everybody's talking about all of them and there's not a lineup in the world where you can fit, um, you know, all of them in. So um, I, I, I definitely get what you're saying, but I think overall, I think I'm probably just going to absolutely hammer Harris English. Um, Yeah. That's a name I was going to bring up. Yeah. And then what about Henley? What about Russell Henley? Henley as well. He's the best. He's the best on approach right now. You know, recent approach. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't. What is it? The last the last couple of weeks, um, he's he's definitely struck it well, but he doesn't necessarily. Um, he doesn't really like pop in the in the power ranking model. Um, like he's just kind of another dude in that range. So I don't really I don't see myself going going too too heavy on him. Like I'd rather play. I'd rather save 600 and play Norlander um, over over Henley for sure. Okay. I mean, we can go down here. Um, how many guys, how many guys you really want in this uh, kind of this AK range here? Cause nothing excites me. Like yeah. maybe Brian Harmon. Can oh, be, baby. Can Spicy. be a move. Well, that would that would definitely be that would definitely qualify as a as a pivot. Um, I think he'll he'll be super low on, so that's fine. I like it. But other than that, though, it's like I can go with Doc Redman as well. Just the putting sucks. Um, yeah, I mean that's it for me. I'm not nothing else really excites me. Luke List is okay, and that's it. All right. Although maybe you can convince me on Ryan Moore as well. I don't know. I'm kind of looking at names and it's like maybe some of these slower AK guys can work, but yeah, they're just they're all the same. They're all the same, dude. Like from EVR to Johnny Vegas, basically, like they're all within like five or six points in the power ranking score. <laughs> like they're just they're very hard to differentiate between. Yeah. Uh, for one reason or another. <clears throat> so, I mean, so let's go down here to our sub 8K guys. You know, we could talk about some of this upper 7K range as well. Uh, we talked Will Gordon. Um, I'm trying to see. Can I? I don't know. Ryan Armour? Does Ryan Armour excite you in any way? I mean, or Scott is, is that even is that even possible for, for Ryan Armour to be exciting? Um, 
Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I, I think, I think the dart throw, like super low on pivot. It here is uh, Cabrera Bayo. Um, talk. I convince me on to him though, because I don't like what he's done on the approach recently. It's just right. a stupid price for him. Yeah, yeah. Like there, there, there's no, there's absolutely no reason. Um, like basically from from any any metric, uh, why you would, why he should be in like the seven k compared to, uh, you know, like why is he less money than Siwoo Kim? Like yeah, that's Siwoo's, that's pretty much all. That's Siwoo, pretty much all you need to know. Yeah, Siwoo's had his share of iffy performances. So yeah, the pricing. I mean, we can always talk about how DraftKings pricing is is suboptimal, to say the least. Um, someone in the chat actually is bringing up Bryce Garrett or Bryce Garnett, rather. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about him? How do you feel about Bryce? Um. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a he's a bit cheaper. He's uh in like the mid seventies uh, for a power ranking score, like him and Neesmith are kind of the two um the you know the two at the top uh of the power ranking score for these cheap guys. I, I don't really I don't know again like how how could you be like particularly excited um about any of the sixty nine hundred dollar guys in this particular field? <laughs> like it's there's, uh there's it's a seven thousand dollar there's a seven thousand dollar golfer that I am very excited to pop to possibly use. I'm listening. Zin Jun Zhang. Oh boy. Let's go. Tenth place finish last week at the memorial. What did he do the week before that? Right? Missed a bunch of cuts. Yep. Whatever. <laughs> I was gonna say. <laughs> but he he's got he has some semblance of an approach game and when it's on, it's on. Yeah, no, he's, right. he's a, he's a talented guy. Um, yeah. I would I not, he's, he's I would a not take out a mortgage, uh, to play him. He's not, he's, he's more of a long-term prospect and it's kind of like, it's one of those things where you just want to look at him and be like, you know, he'll be ready soon enough, you know, and he'll be ready to be in, in more lineups. Right, there, there's there's bits and pieces you like out of him as a DFS player. Um, obviously, had everything together last week. The putting was exceptional. Gained five strokes putting almost. Um, you know, gained two strokes on approach. The off the tee game was strong. I mean, he was. Now, granted, last week was probably the best tournament he's ever played outside of maybe the Houston Open or Safeway where he played well, but yeah. like this was a difficult, difficult course and he did very well. So maybe he's turning the corner, right? Maybe he's someone that, I don't know. Maybe we can get a top 30 performance out of him. He's only $7,000. So that'll get him into the optimal lineup. If he does that for sure. Um, but yeah, you know, I, Jin Zhu Zhang, Let's go. Yeah, no, I I think he's fine. The uh, 
the there were a lot of people um talking about him uh as he's like sort of been coming up and and getting some starts obviously it's a difficult transition like not everybody is is Colin Morikawa and can just you know win two of the first 24 tournaments they play um but yeah no i th- i think that that's fine um i'm having I, i'm having a hard time getting away from Vaughn Taylor um in this in this super cheap range as well he's almost at an 80 in the power ranking score um which for this price in this field, I think is one of these things that uh, like, I just, I don't know how I could, I don't know how I could possibly, possibly avoid it. And I don't even think he's going to be that owned. I only have him for like two or 3% right now. Yeah. I, there's, I think there's a few guys down here that you can always make the argument for, especially in such a weak field because you're going to have to go stars and scrubs. Yeah. You're going to have to punt somewhere. Um, are we worried that Zhang has played so many weeks in a row? Not really. Um, I mean, I personally don't... I personally don't like buy into that narrative because I know these guys just love playing golf. They're professionals. They're getting paid to do it. Um Except maybe for Patrick Reed. Yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of these, a lot of these young guys that don't have, um, that don't have a ton of status on tour, don't really have, don't really have an option. So yeah. they got to grind <laughs> it out because yeah, whether whether they want to, um, you know, obviously, I, I'm sure he would rather have not. What has it been? This will be his fifth week in a row. Um, I'm sure he would have liked to maybe like not played in Detroit or something like in the middle of all of that. But uh, I'm not, I'm not particularly worried about it. Yeah. Um, and then Vaughn Taylor is old. Doesn't make any, doesn't make many burgers. How do you feel about that? I mean, he is old. It is. Hey, BJ Singh, BJ Singh played the Sunday. That is factually correct. My man, um, my man grinded it out. We had a lot of old guys last week. We had Stricker, right? Stricker yeah. made the cut too. I, I mean, like I said, like I said with last week, you know, that was gonna be that was gonna be a course where slow and steady won the race. Right. And and these old geezers that probably shouldn't be playing on the tour, but you know, play on the tour anyway. Just do well. Right, because they they're not focused on hitting bombs. They just want to hit the fairways, and hitting fairways is well, except for uh, except for Phil, and we see how that works Phil. out. Phil does what he wants. I, you know, he's what the third highest earner ever. He's fine. Uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm not I'm not particularly worried about um about Taylor's upside at at this price for. For this field I, I i mean yeah he's not you know he's not gonna be you know like a like an eagle god or anything like that but i i think that he's fine i think he's probably uh right around tour average uh in birdies and when he when he's playing well he definitely gains birdies on the field so i'm not i'm not overly concerned about that all right uh let's talk uh 
Fuck cash locks. How's that sound? Sounds all right. So I will go with Harris English because 9000 yep. seems like a good price for a guy that's great on approach. Seems like can, seems like he can stay very competitive at this course. And then I'll go, you know, just to be ballsy a little bit, I'll go Brian Harmon. I like it. Yeah. Look at you having some conviction there. I like it. Yeah. Once in a while. Proud of you. You're very sharp today. I I did the I dove into everything and and words came out of my mouth. That's all I can say. This is true. This is uh this is the part of the show when you're supposed to compliment me after I we talked about this. Um <laughs> I, I don't understand read, why you did. I don't understand why I keep having to remind you to uh to say nice things to me during the show. Yeah, you did that bet online reading just so well. Thank you. I know. I yes. I don't I don't sound robotic or feel ridiculous whatsoever uh every time I have to do it. <laughs> yeah. It's like a into. it's like a totally totally different voice uh when I do that and I'm I'm well aware of it and it's, it's nice something reading. it's something it, that I'm working on. It 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 reminds me of that time when Mike Francesa did the sports reading when he used to have his show back in the 80s with uh What's his face? Don. Don what, what's his last name? Just died too. I forget his last name. Don? Don. I, the, the guy they used to co-host with Francesa. Shouldn't you know this? Aren't you in the market? Uh, yeah, but I'm... Oh. I mean, are you thinking about like, like Mike and the Mad Dog? No, 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 no. He's it, like... Back in the eighties, free that before, okay, yeah. I mean, I you know, I wasn't I wasn't born back then, so me neither. I'm younger than you. I hope you know. Yeah, that. and you don't know the answer either. <laughs> so we're in exactly the same boat. <laughs> if I had the clip, I have the clip in my Twitter bookmarks. I'll send it to you. All right, yeah, tag it to me or something. Um, I just sounded like such an old. I said tag it to me. I meant tag me in it. Never mind. <laughs> uh all right this is this has gone well um yeah i'm definitely i'm definitely with with the harris english uh deal and i i truly truly cannot figure out where i'm going with my second guy uh so i'm gonna have to work through it while i'm writing and uh you'll have to you'll have to tune into the article tomorrow to uh to find out all right that's how i'll read the article and and make sure the world knows your second cash lock how i roll yes <laughs> all right well uh this Love this that. has been lovely as always um we <laughs> don't forget we uh we also have the listener league i tweeted out the link um if you're in the league obviously you got the invite i think we're right around like 20 spots left out of the 75 so make sure you jump in um so that it fills and we can uh we can talk about the contest in the solo pod next week Uh, Other than that, good luck in your contest this week, and we will talk soon. See ya.
This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Goal. Messi takes everybody on. Messi has got it! From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. 2-0 and is... What a World Cup for Megan Rapinoe! From Zlatan Ibrahimovic's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair... Each episode examines a personality of the world's game. We'll dig into Maradona's Hand of God performance and subsequent downfall. The teenage trio at Dortmund that signaled the next generation of superstars. And that infamous headbutt that slung Zinedine Zidane from glory. Golden Goal. Soccer stars and the moments that made them. Premiering this summer on Blue Wire. Oh, it tweets it automatically. Yes. Look at that. There we go. All right. That was perfect. I can see I can see the mention of I'm I'm looking at myself. It's Look at this. It's great. Good. I'm gonna have to cut all this out when we uh all right, I'll do like the real I'll do like the real beginning. Just we'll do like three seconds of nothing and then we'll <laughs> we're just like little children right now. <laughs> That's fun. Great viewing. All right. <laughs> What's up, guys? Welcome into. Ah, oh, come on. <laughs> I tried. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.